Ahmad Al-Yasir is a Jordanian director, producer, and writer. Now, he recently directed the Emmy Award-nominated kids show, Alon Simsim Sesame Workshop. Now, his sci-fi experimental feature, When Time Becomes a Woman in 2012, was screened at various film festivals, including Boston Sci-Fi Film Festival. Now, additionally, Ahmad has more than nine years of experience directing and producing TV series for regional platforms, including Shahid, VIU, and MBC. Now, Ahmad Al-Yasir's new short film, The Oscar Qualified, Our Males and Our Females, is a grippingly thought-provoking tale. A father and a mother are faced with the painful task of washing and shrouding their transgender daughter. Now, shrouding is an Islamic religious practice that is deemed mandatory to carry out upon death. But when no one agrees to wash her and shame falls onto the family, how far is the father willing to go to make sure his son is washed? So, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome visionary filmmaker Ahmad Al-Yasir and his Oscar-qualifying short film, Our Males and Our Females, to the show. Welcome, Ahmad. Hi, how are you? I've got to ask right off the bat, what led you to tackle such a very complex subject for the film? Yeah, it is, uh, it is complicated and it's uh, specifically controversial to our region. Um, but the thing that triggered the story when my sister and I wrote it, um, we met uh, transgender women from the Middle East. Uh, she transitioned and everything went smooth. And she thought that after transitioning, all her battle, you know, for her gender and being accepted would be over. But then she realized that uh, what happened is the complete opposite. Um, she, she was discriminated. She wasn't accepted. She even her legal papers were not approved. So her ID states her gender as a male. And, and until now, I think she's, uh, she's suffering to change the gender. Well, is, was this the, uh, was it her story that led you to create this film? Not specifically her story, uh, but when we met her, um, we realized that the battle of being accepted is an ongoing battle. And then a question was triggered uh, from me and my sister. Would the transgender person uh, still seek acceptance long after they're dead? Um, And from that question, we started exploring the story more. And then we realized that yeah, if, you're, if, if this is your battle while you're alive, sadly, it will remain even after you're dead. That is very, that's very deep. You know, I, I believe that this dilemma, this grief, the heartache, I mean, the feeling of shame and embarrassment um, is not just limited to the Muslim religion or the community, but other religions as well. I mean, how has your film been received by the Muslim community? Um, we did the private screenings. Uh, the film was screened in 120 festivals around the world, but in the region, it hasn't got the official screening yet. So it was shown to, you know, to private uh, people. We got positive feedback from, from conservative people and non-conservative people because the story, it's, it's a human story. It's not... Uh, like when you watch the film, it's, the point is not we're just tackling a controversial issue. We just tackled it in a, in a very humane aspect. 
And I think that made it being um, accepted, at least by the, by the people who saw it. Yeah, there was, I felt in the film, there is a strong sense of empathy in this film. You know, there are characters in the film who, you know, didn't want anything to do with the washing process. But overall, especially with the mother and father, regardless of their mental struggles, religious struggles over the situation, there was still this strong sense of empathy, which I thought you really brought forth very beautifully. Yeah. Um, we tried our best that the audience, when they watched the film, to, to sympathize with both characters, regardless with their you know, directions. Like one of them is the complete opposite of the other, especially at the end of the film. But we wanted the audience when they watch it to, to understand that the struggle for the father, for example, is, um, is, is there from the societal pressures. Because, um, yeah, we hinted that the father is a doctor. Um, and actually in the backstory of the film, because the film is originally a feature film, uh, the father is okay with uh, his daughter transitioning because he knows she has to do it. He's a doctor. He knows there are reasons for her to do that. But because of all the societal pressure from, you know, the male washer and then the female washer and then the people who cross uh, the way with the other funeral, um, he, he couldn't. He couldn't uh, accept it. Well, can you walk all of us through what the burial process is in the Muslim religion? Yeah. So basically the, the burial process, I, I think that's one of the reasons why my sister and I love the theme of death. Because in our family, we've witnessed more than 15 deaths in the, in the past 10 years. So we're really familiar with the process. And usually, uh, so, so yeah, basically the dead body, the first thing that you do is you wash it. And the first part that you wash is the, you know, the, the, the below part of the body. And, um, and yeah, and that's where all the dilemma comes in the film, because it is the first step of the washing. And then technically you would wash the rest of the body and then you would shroud it with the white cloth. And that's when you proceed to the burial. And is this usually done all within 24 hours? Uh, usually, yes, like it's preferable when the, like in the religion, it's preferable when the body is dead not to stay more than 24 hours. So the, the faster, the better. But the process of shrouding and washing doesn't take more than one hour. You know, it, it, to, at the very beginning of the film, the mother made a comment. She, she made a statement. She, she, she said, we need to hurry. It's almost sunrise um why was she so concerned about you know a new day beginning was uh was their child supposed to have already been washed and shrouded before sunup yeah well the thing is because they are they, they treat the body of their daughter as a as a scandal or something that they're hiding from you know the people so they decided to wash her at midnight so nobody sees them and because they couldn't, both of them were not able to wash the body and people started to come in. That's when she's worried that people would find out that, they're, that this is their daughter. I see. Well, the mother acknowledged her child as a female in the film. 
but the father acknowledged his child as a male. Why did you decide to create this contrast and a little bit of conflict within the family? We felt it's nicer for the audience to see that there wasn't a solid decision. And it was left like one is completely acknowledging her as a female, the other is completely acknowledging her as a male. So that, you, so that the, the, the daughter herself would still uh, didn't take, you know, the, 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 um, the value she deserves. Because, you know, the, the best scenario would be that both of them acknowledge her as a female. But, but yeah, we didn't want that because it's not realistic. Like in real life, it's really hard. I, I can imagine. I mean, now you showed, you showed the reactions of a male washer and a female washer both declining the sacred ritual. What happens to a washer if they, if they are to wash a trans body? That's honestly a very tricky question. And in our, uh, in our research, when we, like I talked to many washers, um, washing by the, by the washer is not mandatory. Like they have the decision to leave. It's okay. It's not like something that they have to do. And, and I asked many washers and it took them some time to, some of them completely said no, like from the beginning when I hypothetically proposed the scenario. Uh, other washers, they took some time to think, but they were like, no, um, I don't have to do it. Like, why should I do it? And I think it comes from the society because you know something? The mother says something when she, when, when the female washer storms out of the, out of the room, the mother says, you're not a mufti or you're not a sheikh. And we got the approval from the sheikh. So basically in, in the region, when someone wants to transition, they have to take the approval from the religious court in order for them to transition officially. Otherwise they can't do the operation. So in the case of our firm, the mother says to the female washer, you're not, uh, you're not a sheikh. We took the approval. So basically, their daughter took the approval from the religious court. And yet, they're not accepting to wash her. Like, if the religion said that's fine, why are you saying no? Wow. You see, because when I watched the film, I was kind of wondering, okay, there's a religious side. But in, but in Muslim countries, is there, you know, a legal issue when it comes to transition? If you want to transition, you need to take the approval from the religious court and then from the legal court. And once you have the two approvals, you can do the, the operation. Usually you can do it. But in the region, it's not, it's not really easy to transition based just on your gender identity. There has to be a biological re uh, reason, like the, the hormones imbalance and those stuff in order for you to get the approval. But sometimes the, there are cases where it was approved even though there was not hormonal imbalance. Okay, so but if... Yeah, wow. I can see why your film can be very, very controversial because it's very complex from society to religious or religion to possible legal issues. So if washers decline 
are the parents allowed to wash the body? Uh, well, the thing is, in in the tradition, usually the the many people like the close relatives of the body wash. They don't uh, call for a for a washer. They do it themselves. Sometimes they're scared to do it, and that's why the father tried to do it in the beginning by himself. And that's why they came at midnight because they wanted to do it themselves. They didn't want to bring anyone, but then they realized that they couldn't. It's it's really hard. Like that's why the father was frustrated. The mother didn't like. She was even scared to continue the washing of, of the 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 father did. And that when they had the conversation, and then yeah. Well, the the mother. I think it was both, but I'm going to choose the mother. the The mother was saying prayers, and I think the father was too. That there was a worry that their child would not be accepted into the afterlife. I think it's not about that as much as it is they want to wash the body to honor the body. Like washing become is, is part of honoring the dead rather than uh, being afraid that the dead will be punished in the afterlife. They're, they're really not connected. It's more of honoring the body. So it's more of I think that is done for the family and the dead body to honor it. So I don't think that was their their dilemma. That the dilemma was they want to honor their dead daughter, but at the same time, are we really proud of our daughter? I okay, I understand that. You know, with each religion, they have their own burial traditions. My own father was a funeral director many years ago and for a very, very long time. And he actually knew the different traditions and he followed the request of the fa- with the families with very tremendous grace. But wow. back in the day, he never encountered a trans person as it was some, you know, it was someone that, um, you know, it's something that never seemed to have happened back in the 1960s or the 1970s. Is the subject of transgender new to the Muslim community um, more than it was five years ago? Definitely. Definitely. Like, I don't think like maybe slightly before five years ago, maybe in seven years ago, I don't think it was uh, common for you to to see a transgender person. But now you do see lots of transgender people from the region and they speak Arabic and they have social media accounts and they're open about it. There are even examples of, uh, we have a very famous Egyptian uh, actor um, who had a son who transitioned. And it, like, it, it got the attention of all media. But seven years ago, it's impossible. Yeah, I, you know, the, the, your film, um, I think out of all the short films that have been released this year, uh, yours brings in so many questions. It brings in a lot of different thoughts and, and dilemmas and, and trying to weigh, uh, you know, different aspects of this whole subject matter. Now for you, have you ever, have you received any threats from making this film? 
not as in threats, but I didn't receive any support. <laughs> like, um, we applied for grants, uh, the film was rejected. I even met some people from the jury who, who you know, gave the approval to that grant. And they told me your script was the strongest that we received, but we couldn't say yes because it was too controversial. It's really scary. I met with investors who are willing to work with me a lot, but when I showed them the script, they they couldn't uh, you know they couldn't invest in it. Uh, I ended up self-funding the film fully, <laughs> like it was all self-funded by me because I really believed in this story. We also faced some difficulty uh, getting the crew. Like it was crucial for me that everyone who works in the film really believes in the story. Uh, because it's, you know, it's a personal project. And then uh, many crew members, they said, no, the topic is too difficult. We can't work on the film. So yeah, like we faced many challenges, but, but no, not threats. Well, so I'm in America and we have a media that portrays different people in different lights. With there, and I know there's a difference between Muslim countries. There are those that are more conservative. I mean, it could be Saudi Arabia, it could be uh, Abu Dhabi, it could be Jordan. But then you have those on the far end of the other side Iran, Iraq, possibly Syria, maybe Yemen. Is there a punishment? for a trans person if they are found out in those countries? Um, I don't think there is punishment as much as it is you would find hate crimes. And I think that exists everywhere in the world. Sadly, we are in a time where we're really open with each other and the whole world is a small, you know, village where everyone is open to another and we see each other through social media and everything. But sadly, I really feel like it's the most time that we're really not accepting each other, regardless of what. Like you would find hate crimes for religion, for race, for gender, for, uh, yeah, and it's really sad. So I wouldn't say like, maybe it's the law, maybe it's uh, embedded in us, you know, generational trauma, I don't know. but. But I think it's everywhere. It's not really limited to conservative countries. Maybe in conservative countries, more. Yeah. I, I, think... I agree. I agree with you because when I watched your film, I had to sit there and I had to think. I said, okay, let's hypothetically, let's pretend that the film was not based on the Muslim burial practice. Maybe it was, maybe let's say it was Christian or maybe they're Catholic or Hindu or whatever. I'm thinking, I think that regardless of whatever the religious practice would have been, I think the outcome would have most likely been almost the same. I mean, the father would have, would, would be a grappling with his thoughts and ideas. The mother would be doing the same, regardless what the religion was. I think in the end, like you said, this, this is global. This is worldwide. Regardless of belief, regardless of religion, I think that the dilemma would come down to a family for, like you said, 
for conservative families, yeah. they would be wrestling with what do we do? Yeah, and I think that's one reason why it resonated with so many different um, countries from different cultures. Like the film played in 35 countries, like you name it, Korea, China, the States, Italy, like everywhere. I think because the theme is global, it's non-acceptance. And sadly, we see that in every country. So what have you, what kind of feedback have you received from these, these different audiences across the world about this film? Um, I'm, I'm super lucky. Like almost all the, the feedback that we received is positive. There was just one, uh, one bad review from, uh, from, uh, from uh, a news outlet in Lebanon that watched the film in Clermont-Ferrand. But other than that, like all the feedback was positive. We received many awards, like from the 120 festivals, we won so far 95 awards. <laughs> so yeah, like it's been overwhelming to be honest. Like when we did the film, we believed in the story and we wanted to do it, but we didn't realize that people would love it to this extent. And yeah, you know, every time we receive an award, every time we get uh, a festival selection, my sister would go like, wow, this and now we're like campaigning for the Oscars, like, like not we didn't expect that. <laughs> well, not only did you, not only did you bring one of the most incredible storylines in short films for this year, the cinematography is beautiful. So, who was your cinematographer? Uh, his name is Samir Nuri, and is he from Jordan? Yes, Samir Nimri is from Jordan. Uh, we worked together on, on the kids' show, the Emmy-nominated uh, kids' show, Ahlan Simpson. And, and when we did the film and he read the script, he told me, Ahmed, we need to make every frame reflect the emotional feelings and the emotional journey of the characters. And that's why you would see many suffocating frames where the father, like the frame cups right below the neck. So it feels like they're suffocating. Uh, you see sometimes uh, unproportional uh, ratios where the characters are in the complete left of the frame and uh, the whole right of the frame is empty. So yeah, we, we really wanted to reflect the, the emotional journey through the pictures. And, and I think, yeah, there was a beautiful chemistry when we did the film. Even when we thought about the lighting, um, we, we wanted... Um, the mother to always have some kind of a source of light when she's inside the room, because at the end she acknowledges her daughter, but the father is always behind, you know, block of walls where there are no light sources. So yeah, there was tiny details where we thought of even the camera movement, like the whole film would be in static until the moment where the father comes and decides, you know, to do the, the surgical cut and everything becomes movement because that's, that's the, the key point of, of the characters. You know, what I liked, <clears throat> what I liked about towards the ending scene, knowing, you know, when I, when I was watching the film and then learned that the father was a doctor, I was like, okay, what's he thinking? So when he goes in and realizes that nobody will wash their child, when he pulls out the scalpel at that very moment, I wasn't sure exactly why he pulled it out because my thought wasn't 
you know, to, to take out, you know, the implants. You know, I'm thinking, okay, he's a doctor. What's he doing? You know, may, you know, maybe there's a ritual I don't know about. But then when he actually does it, I was like, wow. Because then I got to thinking, what's the mother going to be? What's the mother going to think about? And uh, again, Ahmad, what a complex story. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, this is, this is a short film that you just have to sit and watch and allow, like you said, Ahmad, every camera shot is, is emotional. And you allow the audience to think for themselves. You allow the audience to not even, you don't even allow the audience to make a judgment call. I mean, if somebody was to make a judgment call on this, they're an idiot. <laughs> uh, because you allow the audience to live what the mother and father are going through. But never does the audience feel that they have to make a decision either way. Because I think in the I think when the very first scene when you see the child on the table from then on the audience has empathy regardless if if the per, if the child was trans or not because a mother and father lost a child that was really the true and only important part in this film uh, for you uh who do you hope to actually reach with this film we really hope that we would reach big audience and because the message of the film was simply to like from the beginning, when my sister and I were writing the script, we thought what we want the audience to get out of this film, why we want it to be seen by so many. You know, because every filmmaker dream is to get his film watched by, by so many. But why? Like, that's the, that's the question. And the answer was simply because whoever in his current life is seeking approval for whatever reason that is, whatever, the reason is, I want them to know that it's a battle that you will lose, and there's no one to there's no one to prove yourself to, regardless of what you are, whether it's your religion, race, country, gender, nationality. There's nothing to prove about yourself, and the energy that you waste, you know, to get the approval of of the people around you, you could spend it in so much uh, things that are beautiful. You have a huge potential that's buried because you're you're just seeking approval. And I want them, when they see the film, just to realize that even when you're dead, the people who didn't accept you would still not accept you. So don't waste your energy. Just focus on your fullest potential and just be yourself. You bring up a vital point. And I think that point comes across from the two washers in the film. You know, we don't know if they, you know, accepted accepted this young person while they were alive, but neither one of them would accept them after death. Yeah. And I'd never even had that thought, you know, of people, well, you don't, you don't even accept the person 
after death. And then I think the question would be for that person to ask themselves a few private questions. <laughs> because, I mean, out of all of the short films that I've seen this Oscar season, yours is not only one of the most controversial it's one of the most complex um, from a storyline point of view. Um, it's a very, it's a very human story. Um, I think for some people, um, I think it would probably bring out in them to find out if, are they, are they a bigot? Are they racist? Do they choose people based on who or what they are? Uh, your film brings out so much, so many different emotions and I have to hand it to you. That's a great job to do or a great Thank job you. to actually accomplish with a, with a short film. Thank you so much. Your words are really an honor. No, I, and I mean it. I mean, how many days did it take you to film this? Because to frame each one of these scenes, um, how many days did it take to film it? Uh, we did shooting in just two days, but the prep, we did many days. Like every single frame was well thought of. We, we shot it before in a mobile phone. It was exactly, we got two, um, two double to, to play the, the main roles, just, you know, to know the framing, the source of light and everything. So everything was planned. So in those two days of shooting, we just shot. Like there was no time even to think of anything. <laughs> it was just to shoot the, you know, to get the shot, to be done with the shot list, get the best performance of the actors, and that was it. Wow, my goodness. So did you film this in Jordan? Yes. So all of the actors were Jordanian? Uh, no, Shafiqa, the mother, is, uh, is Jordanian. Um, the father is Palestinian. And he came from Palestine. Yeah, he came for the shoot. Uh, it was the first collaboration between me and him. I saw him in a, in a film called The Insult. It's a Lebanese uh, film, and it was nominated for Best uh, Foreign Film in the Oscars. And I loved his performance. And then when I talked to him and told him about the film, he was very excited. Shafiqa, who plays the mother, uh, we've worked before in a TV series. Like, she was the leading character, so we worked together for many days, I think for 60 days. So I know her pretty well. Even when we wrote the script, we couldn't think of anyone but her. <laughs> like even telling her that we want you in the film. I was like, hey, Shopeeqa, I just want to tell you something. When we wrote the film, this role was written for you and we can't see anyone else. <laughs> and she was really excited. She, she loved the role. Well, I've got to ask you because I talked to, I talked to people, a lot of film, I've talked to a lot of film directors from all over the world. And, you know, people think America, oh, you know, you're filming in Hollywood. You could be filming in New York and different places. But what is the film industry like in in that region? You know, uh, Jordan, for example, you know, in uh, in Muslim based countries, what is that type of industry? I mean, is it thriving? It is really thriving. The good thing about the, the film industry in Jordan, we have very talented crew. And we worked on so many big films, like most of the crew worked on The Martian, Aladdin, Star Wars, because many of those films were 
partially shot in Jordan or fully shot in Jordan. Like for example, the Martian, I think 80% of the film was shot here. So we have very talented crew, but we produce not lots of numbers of films. Like some years we don't produce any feature films. Uh, some years we just produce one feature film. But the thing is, when you look at, the, at our record, despite the, the minimal number of the films that we produce, they all went to huge. Like we did Deep, it, went, it was nominated for the Oscars, uh, Farha was like a huge hit on Netflix, uh, all the time, even, uh, even Inshallah Aboy, like now is currently on its festival circuit, it has been playing on Cannes, Toronto, so we do produce like small number of films, but they go very big, which proves that we're really good at storytelling and writing films and directing them. Well, yeah, I think uh, there's storytelling uh, from every region and from every place across the globe. Uh, it's always great to hear uh, from film directors like you uh, that come from a very particular region and just to, to hear what the film industry is doing. And it's just great to see that it's thriving. Now for you, how in the world does it feel to have your film Oscar qualified? <laughs> That's like crazy. <laughs> Okay, the thing is, like specifically the Oscars, my sister and I are really obsessed. Like, I swear to God, I remember for 20 years, we had this ritual, like before the, the announcement of the nominated film, we would make predictions. After the announcement, we would watch every nominated film, and then we would, you know, rank which is the best. And then during the award ceremony, because of the time difference, we would take days off work so that we watch the, the award ceremony. And it's only like, I know every record about the Oscar, like name it, every best picture I've watched it, every nominated film, we're really obsessed. And now, like this year, we're part of this. Honestly, it really feels unreal, like really unreal. Even when we filled the application online, my sister was crying crazily, crazily. Like when I sent her, they would, they would ask you to sign uh, like like a paper so that you could have your film in the academy screening room and when i sent her the paper and she has to sign it she couldn't sign it on the mobile because her hand was so shaking <laughs> she was like this is unreal i can't believe this so well, what yeah, which film well which film festival did you become oscar qualified nashville really yeah and the funny thing is like we've been nominated for so far, we've been playing at 17 Oscar qualifying film festival. Uh, and the deadline to submit your film was, I think, in a month. And, and 14 festivals passed and we didn't win. So it was only Nashville that's left. And it was our last hope. And when we won the award, <laughs> wow. I was filming Ahlan Simpson, and then I was jumping, like the whole crew was like, what's wrong? And I'm like, we're qualifying for the Oscars. <laughs> it was crazy because it was our last home. <laughs> well, what is your favorite film of all time? There are many, honestly, like not, not one film, but every, every five years that I would pick a favorite from the last five years, uh, Sound of Metal. I really loved it for Riz Ahmed. And, um, um, ah, what is it called? I forgot it, sorry. It's a Swedish film about another round. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that, you know, 
I love it when I see people become Oscar qualified for the first time because you have no clue that it's coming. It's always unexpected. Uh, And then then comes in the next few weeks, um, the Oscar shortlist is going to be announced. And uh, and then a month after that, it's going to be Oscar nominations. So are you nervous? Oh, <laughs> I'm not just nervous. Like like every day, I think about it. I'm really nervous. I really hope I would make it. Like all the way, you know. Like all of this excitement. If you get to attend the award ceremony, I think it's a whole new experience. Oh, absolutely! And ladies and gentlemen, our males and our females. This is a short film that, when you watch it, you will remember it. Um, I think that when you when you do have the opportunity to see it, just like the hun- the hundred film festivals that have seen it so far, you know it's it's thought provoking, it's emotional, it's a beautiful film. Um, it's a film that doesn't judge. It's full of empathy. Um, so it gives it gives the audience an emotional ride and a, an emotional list to kind of go through. That once you see the film, you've got to start asking yourself some questions. What kind of person are you? And this is this is, you know I am surprised. You know I had to give it to you, Ahmad, because to create a film just to come up with the idea the subject like this, that's really thinking outside of the box. Thank you. And, uh, and ladies and gentlemen, this is an award-winning film and it's Oscar qualified. So from now on, anytime this film is mentioned, the word Oscar will be mentioned with it. How does that make you feel, Ahmad, to know that oh, this film <laughs> and the word Oscar will always be together? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> like, even now that you're saying it, my heart is pumping. <laughs> <laughs> well, ho- hopefully it doesn't keep you up all night. <laughs> it does. <laughs> well, well, what is next for you? Uh, so we're working on two feature films. Uh, we're writing them, my sister and I. One of them is, you know, the the short film. Like, originally it's a feature film and we, we made the short film so that it would be like a proof of concept. So one of them is called also Our Males and Females. The other one tackles also the theme of death. We also have another short film that hopefully we want to shoot by, by next year. And we're developing a TV series. Well, I have to tell you, Ahmad... <clears throat> You have tremendous vision. You have tremendous talent. Um, You know how to tell a story. And not just being Oscar qualified, you're also uh, Emmy Award as well. So, uh, Matt, I've got to wish you much success in the future of film. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, again, this short film, Oscar qualified, Our Males and Our Females, stands out amongst all the short films for this year.
And for good reason. Tremendous, brilliant storytelling, beautiful cinematography. And just like Ahmad shared with us today, the cinematography alone walks you through this story, but you're going to walk through it with great emotion, with great thought. It's a gripping tale, as I said before. So whenever you get a chance to see the numerous short films that have been uh, shown at all of these film festivals, as well as the, the all the ones that have been Oscar qualified, you've got to add this one to your list because it is a must-see short film. And Ahmad, I want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your film with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been a beautiful interview. Ah, well, you are very, very welcome for that. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for watching and listening to Bond on Cinema. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel as well as iTunes or Spotify. And you got to give us that five-star rating. We only bring you the best film directors and the best filmmakers uh, across the globe. And Ahmad Al-Yasir is one of those brilliant filmmakers. And as for me, ladies and gentlemen, I'll see you at the movies.